I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal. And this is your Peak Daily for Monday, April 11th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I want to harken back, I think it was to this winter, when you went to Buffalo to see a football game. And sometime, it won't be anytime soon, but the Bills are getting a new stadium, and it's going to be a juicy, beautiful one. Well, it's a nice stadium, Jay, but here's my primary concern. I don't believe that any modern NFL stadium should be built without a roof, especially not in Buffalo, New York, and this one is. And so it'll be a nicer venue and the facilities will be nicer, but it will still be so cold to go to those games. Yeah, the weather hasn't changed in Buffalo with the new stadium. (laughs) I got that. I don't know. I just thought I I felt like if you're going to build a new stadium, put a roof on it. How nice would that be? You know, I. Yeah, or a retractable. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems like a place that is just begging for a roofed uh, stadium. But I guess, you know, people in Buffalo are really tough. Really tough. And I feel ba- I always feel bad going there, Jay. And this is no offense to our Buffalo listeners, which I think are few. But there's really not a lot going on there besides the football team. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? We, we, we often, pre-pandemic, would go to Buffalo with the family. And we went yeah. to a print shop at one point yeah. and bought a print and it says, Buffalo hates you too. So, Brett, I think yeah. that, that it hangs in our kitchen, and I think it's apt for you. Buffalo hates you, too. For sure. And I don't blame them. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd hate me, too, if I was in Buffalo. But, Jay, I do want to just take a second to congratulate yourself and us, I guess, on becoming the number two news podcast in Canada. We were just below the daily. Someday we'll have to make a hard push to get the borrow. But, oh. yeah, we were number two. Uh, and so that's just thanks to everybody who works on this and all of you, Pete Pals, uh, for listening every day. Thanks so much. It's no small feat, is it? It's no small feat, and I never thought we'd get there, but I think we got to get to number one of the news, and then we've got to get to the top 10 of all podcasts. That's my new goal. So Pete Pals, uh, review, subscribe, tell your friends, help us get there and together. I'm pretty sure we'll do it. We're going to take down Michael Barbaro if it's the last thing we do. Yeah. Brett, aside from all of those things and Buffalo, what do we have for Pete Pals today? For our first story, bad food. For our second story, pay hike. And for our third story, more buses. For our first story, topping our list of companies most likely to longingly look back on the pandemic era are Peloton, Moderna, Etsy, and now meal kit and grocery delivery services. According to the logic, good food let go of 70 employees this week, the third round of cuts affecting a quarter of its workforce since last year, and has announced it's closing its Ontario distribution center. Brett, for the uninitiated, you want to break down what these meal service deliveries are? Well, you've definitely seen them before. It's good food, HelloFresh, there's like a chef's plate. There's a bunch of these types of services. And over the last two years, these ready-to-make meal kits went mainstream as lockdowns blocked access to grocery stores and restaurants. And Canadians began relying on their own at-home cooking, i.e. a daunting reality for some, including myself. Major players rushed onto the scene offering discounts so good you wondered how they made any money and customers followed. This increased household adoption to 26% in 2020 from about 11% in 2019. Brett, we were part of that 26% of our household during the pandemic. But as you can imagine, these things took off during the pandemic. By the end of 2021, Berlin-based HelloFresh saw revenue hit over $8 billion, up from $2.5 billion just two years earlier. But in recent months, the popularity of its kits like HelloFresh, Good Food, and Chef's Plate, which is actually a subsidiary of HelloFresh, has begun to wane. Despite the competition, supply chain issues, and labor shortages, new kits continue to flood the Canadian market, including Toronto startup Spatula, which is launching a meal delivery by Michelin chef and top chef Canada finalist Wallace Wong. And Brett, what's the big takeaway from the meal kit slowdown? 
Well, with inflation floating at 30-year highs, the lead author of Canada's food price report suggests that many meal kits may shift into the territory of an indulgence rather than the norm, especially as shoppers become more frugal when it comes to their grocery bills. So no longer can I pay HelloFresh $20 per meal when I can go to the grocery store and buy those same ingredients for that meal for 15 It's crazy. What's bad for HelloFresh might be very good for no frills. Yeah. For our second story, the hot new tech trend to watch, how to keep tech employees happy at a time when jobs are plentiful and top talent is scarce. Following Robinhood, Snap, Roku, and Uber, Shopify has moved to give employees more choice between cash and equity compensation in addition to their base salary. Okay, so Jake, why are Shopify employees getting a raise and and we're not? (laughs) Oh, we're not? It comes as news to me. Thanks for dropping that with right in the podcast. So according to a recent report from Hired, the average annual tech salary in Toronto, which is now Canada's newly anointed tech hub, is $117,000, 20% higher than last year, a number that will only go up as competition for talent heats up. Right now, the weapon of choice in the battle for talent is compensation, which could add up being a losing tactic against Silicon Valley Corps with big, deep pockets. Now, in the past, Shopify has resisted running in this race, even participating in it, partially because they're based in Canada, which has overall significantly lower tech salaries than they have to pay in Silicon Valley. But that was all done at a time when Shopify stock, a huge part of employees' compensation, was at almost all-time highs. Now, Shopify stock is down more than 60% from the ATHs, or all-time highs. And some think this, along with the historically low salaries, is driving significant employee turnover in the Shopify ranks. Well, you can imagine that, you know, if you were getting stock and it was worth a ton, it was actually probably worth sticking around. But if that stock goes down, it's not worth so much, then maybe you look for other opportunities. Now, a number of senior staff have left Shopify over the past six months. And look, while nobody's come out and said it's because of what I just mentioned, there's a real feeling that the low compensation that they offer relative to the stock, hoping that the stock would be worth a lot, is a big reason why. And here's why it matters. Relatively low compensation has been a real competitive advantage for Canadian tech companies over their U.S. competitors. But with the rapid expansion of those same companies into Canada and an appetite to spend even more on talent, Canadian tech companies will have to start matching comp to stay competitive. And for our final story, nearly 24% of bus companies in Canada and the U.S. went under as the pandemic eliminated consumer desire to sit in poorly ventilated spaces with a bunch of strangers to go from point A to point B relatively slowly. But now there's a new kid on the motor coach block and it's called Flixbus, the world's largest reaching bus provider. And they've launched in Canada with three routes in Southern Ontario and plans to expand in BC and Quebec later this year. Brett, can you remind the PayPals of what happened to busing during the pandemic? Well, which, as you mentioned at the beginning there, it wasn't good. People didn't love sitting in a little tiny vehicle, people going for hours to places. And so Canadian busing saw its biggest loss in 2021 when Greyhound, Mighty Greyhound, shut down operations and Vancouver, Toronto and Montreal suddenly became less accessible for populations outside the city centers. But it looks like buses can be making a, a real comeback. Flixbus is already offering transport to Toronto from cities that haven't had motor coach options since Greyhound left. But it's in no hurry to create a national network or reach remote communities. Flixbus, for their part, claims that demand for their services is at 50 to 70% of what it was pre-pandemic. So they need to focus on the most heavily traveled routes before branching out. And Jay, I, I want to know, why is this serious busness? You get it? I do. 
I, I thought we were going to leave the dad jokes to me and the. This one doesn't even make a lot of sense. No, no, it's good. No, the <laughs> word is right in there. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, while not very glamorous, busing is cheaper than flying, provides options for those not on major rail lines, and is environmentally friendlier than driving. After a rocky first day filled with delays, aside from that, Flixbus could play a role in making travel more accessible for more Canadians. And Jay, an important note here, it, it was actually a really big deal when Greyhound left because they were connecting a bunch of these different rural communities in, in Canada. I'm in Ontario and they had a route from, you know, Sudbury to Toronto and all these different places that were pretty hard to get to and from otherwise. And when they left, these communities became less and less accessible and you kind of had to have a car to get anywhere. So anyways, we hope that Flixbus and other busing services can come back and fill that void. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, and this is important, Brett, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. It'll help us take on Michael Barbaro. Yeah. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, not to tie the bus story to Buffalo, but have you ever taken the bus to Buffalo? I have. Yes, I, I took a bus from Toronto to the Buffalo airport when I was a very cheap student going to the nerdiest thing I can think of, which was a model UN conference, uh, I believe in Chicago. That so. is pretty nerdy. And I appreciate that. I've done it a lot more recently than that. I did it to import a car into Canada. I did it like nice. three or four times in the course of a month because I kept screwing up. It's not a route that I think Flix bus is going to pick up on. It's yeah. kind of, like crossing the border with 40 people on a bus is... Uh, less than desirable. Let's just say that. Yeah, I can imagine. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay. When you give me shock waves.